Welcome back to the Four Eyes Optometry Podcast brought to you by Young OD Connect. We give you a clear view into the new grad and young OD world across Canada and the US. And we are your hosts. I'm Dr. Amrit Bilku. And I'm Dr. Deepan Kar. And today we are talking to uh, Dr. Kambis Salani about the importance of OD to OD referrals when it comes to dry eye management in patient care and his treatment approach to ocular surface disease with the various devices and technologies his practice has to offer. And we're excited to have him on. Uh, Dr. Salani is the Chief Clinical Director of Beverly Hills Optometry. And 10 years ago in 2013, he opened the Advanced Dry Eye Center within the practice. So Dr. Salani is well known for his very high-tech practice in Beverly Hills. He utilizes and adopts office-based devices to properly diagnose and treat patients for all types of ocular surface diseases. And most recently, he was ranked 16th in the U.S. on Newsweek's 2022 and 2023 list of best eye doctors in America, as well as one of LA's top doctors for 2022 and 2023. So without further ado, let's get into this exciting conversation. Uh, so Dr. Salani, for those who do not know you already, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how did your specialty dry eye practice come to life? Certainly, so I'm a SoCal native, grew up in Beverly Hills, Went to UCLA, Western University, for optometry school. In fact, this month, very appropriate, uh, we are celebrating our 10-year anniversary of starting the dry eye practice, Advanced Dry Eye Center. Yeah, very yeah congratulations. <laughs> congratulations, yeah. That's huge. <laughs> uh, just on another fun note, we have a our first newborn on the way, a baby boy. Yes. So oh, that's out. right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Congratulations. That's even the bigger that's congratulations. <laughs> So oh my god! Really exciting that that's on the way. We had spent our first uh, this first decade just kind of building the practice and and getting it on the right track. And um, really amazing that we've been featured and recognized on the Doctor Show and in Fox News and NBC News mm-hmm. and publications in optometry and ophthalmology, review of optometry, modern optometry, eyes on eye care, ophthalmology three hundred and sixty, which was kind of cool. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> And just consulting and and speaking and thought leader for a lot of tech and eye care companies along mm-hmm. the road. I really got invested in, and interested in dry because it's something that I've dealt with. So mm. I'm very p- passionate about dry because I've had it for nearly two decades. I also have an autoimmune condition that I've been managing um, well over the years. But the dry eye was, was a struggle in the first decade because it was just pharmaceuticals at the time, right? Yeah. Mm stasis uh, and uh, steroid drops and over-the-counters. And this most recent decade has been really, really exciting with the advent of a lot of technologies that we'll talk about. And in fact, the first one that I was introduced to was at a conference by the founder, who's an ophthalmologist and inventor, Dr. Reinerson, who treated me with Blefex. And I had tremendous relief after that whole session. And I said, hey, this is kind of cool. Let's see where we can take this and started to look into the literature and number of articles. And that was the first device we brought in. And here we are 10 years later, and I believe we have just under 15 treatments that we do in the office. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Can you name all of them off the top of your head? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so in under 10 the, seconds? 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to. Okay. We, we did a great link that I'm happy to share uh, where it breaks down and it's great. We share it with patients, but it's also kind of great to share with colleagues who refer to us, which is what we're going to mm-hmm. get into, of course. And uh, we're open for, for colleagues to share it because it has hyperlinks that go over things like IPL and what it means and what it's about and videos as well as um, radio frequency and tear care and ILUX, uh, dilation irrigation, Procara, scleral lenses, probing, mm-hmm. Blefex, Zest by Zocular, low-level light therapy. So yeah, all the things. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's great because for, um, we'll get into it too, but for someone like me who does not offer advanced dry-eye treatments, I usually just refer, you know, for advanced treatments, quote unquote, but I never really understand, you know, what exact treatment is offering what care and managing what sort of dry-eye condition. So yeah, it's always nice to have those kind of flow charts or little reference sheets. Um, so that's a great idea to give that to not just the patient's but then the people that you want the referrals from, because then they know exactly what box to check. And I love that where referring optometrists or ophthalmologists send the patient for a certain procedure. And sometimes we may pivot, right? Yeah. The patient may not be a candidate for something. If we get a patient with a small fissure size, right? Mm-hmm. And referred for late uh, lipoflow, we might pivot or they're claustrophobic. We might pivot from lipoflow with big applicators to something like tear care or ILEX. Mm-hmm. And same idea when you're referring to refractive surgery, you might say, hey, this patient is great for LASIK or PRK, but they're on the border. And then the surgeon might say, I think ICL is a better option. Mm-hmm. We always respect and appreciate what the, the patient that's referred over, the doctor mm-hmm. who refers them, as well as the recommendation that they've given. Awesome. Now that we're on that topic of referrals, let's get right into it because there are ODs like myself who are more limited to hygiene, artificial tears, and hot compresses. So more of those home remedies and, you know, off the shelf sort of um, products. And then there's ODs like Deepon on here as well, who works in a dry eye office that has more of those advanced treatment options. So how would you advise the ODs like myself who don't have those advanced options? What would you say to me to not convinced, but to encourage me to offer those opportunities for my patients. Um, You know, what are the benefits of me referring my patients to someone like Deepon, another OD who has those more advanced dry eye options? Yeah. So a few things. One is I love that you have products in the, in the practice that you're Mm -hmm. recommending to patients, right? But even on that level, we have some doctors who are still just recommending things like baby shampoo, right? So We want to, no. if you're going to be offering office-based treatments, yes, offering the best. They're still recommending just pick something out over the counter, whereas mm. we want preservative-free eye drops. We want specific type of compresses. We want specific type of omega-3s as opposed to just mm-hmm. saying, I'll just pick something from Costco or the Kirkland brand. Now, say the patients don't respond to those or they're a little more advanced, that's when you want to start thinking about referring to Deepon or a center that's a little more advanced that can offer more hands-on care. And I think the advantage there is that you're strengthening the patient relationship, right? So if they're having an issue and it's not being addressed and they're coming back and they're continuing to complain and, and the referring doctor isn't giving them the solution, they're going to go around you. They're going to find an option. So mm-hmm. if they come in and they see you for myopia and you're just recommending glasses and contacts and they've kind of hinted towards they want LASIK or are there any other options mm-hmm. and you don't recommend a refractive surgeon then they may go find one on their own and you're not involved in that care and you might lose that patient forever. So Mm -hmm. same thing when we're talking about dry eye, if 
if you're not referring to an advanced dry eye center, that patient is seeing content on TikTok, on Instagram, listening to podcasts, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and they're going to find a solution somewhere else. And you may not be involved in that. You may lose that patient. So as an example, we have a very deep relationship with our referring optometrist and we let them know, here's my cell phone, here's a doctor's cell phone number, or here's my cell phone number. If you're going to refer a patient over, please don't hesitate to let me know who that is. So we mark or earmark their file. We only take care of their dry eye and we send them back for everything else. Mm-hmm. So we have a primary eye care office and an advanced dry eye center. So I only handle the advanced dry eye patients. And if that patient wasn't referred, we might send them to my primary eye care doctor to handle that side. Whereas if it comes from, from a general optometrist, we'll send them right back. In fact, that happened a few weeks ago where I, I texted the, the general optometrist and I said, hey, this patient's coming to see us for treatment. She's asking my team if she can also get a refraction done. She's saying that she's not able to get into your office for two weeks. Can we sort something out? Because I don't want to upset her. And they were able to fit her in and get her in for refraction. Mm-hmm. So we keep that relationship very sacred. Mm-hmm. I was just going to comment on that part because what you said was, Perfect. And I think a lot of ODs who have really encouraged OD to OD referrals really emphasize that if they're offering a specialty service, regardless of what it is, that patient will only receive that specialty service. And then out of respect, you know, they'll send that patient right back to the referring OD. And that's great because, you know, that makes us confident with, you know, you're doing your job. I get to still do my job and I still get to um, keep the relationship with that patient. What I always thought in my head though was, but what do you do and how do you handle the situation if the patient is very adamant that, you know, they, they love your practice and they love your Mm -hmm. staff and everything was great. And they really want to leave that other doctor to come to your practice. So what protocols do you put in place and how do you kindly, you know, say no and reject that patient? And do you yeah. inform the OD that the patient is really wanting to leave them and come to you? <laughs> it's really, I feel like it's such an awkward situation. Yeah. And or it could be just like easier for the patient too, right? Like they're like, oh, you already do my dry eye services. Yeah. Why not just do everything else? It's just easier yeah. for me to go to one location. Absolutely. So and yeah. For, for me, I let them know I don't do primary eye care. So oh, okay. Okay. So okay. That's, the easy, that's the easy answer for me is that yeah. <laughs> relationship is also very, so as I said, is very sacred. So the ethics and professionalism, if you send me a patient and I don't send them back for primary eye care or medical eye care, and I keep that patient, you're going to lose faith in me, right? Mm-hmm. That's not the right way to do it. Just like, again, going back to, you go to see your retina specialist, they do a great job of fixing your whole retinal holes and mm-hmm they keep you for refraction and eyewear and all those other things, that's really not going to work. So oh God, I'd cry. I don't want to be there. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah. Take care of my retina. <laughs> yeah. I'm going back to my, my fun general optometrist. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's, what's interesting about my background that I didn't mention earlier is that I'm also a second generation eye care specialist. My family was in the oh, optical yeah. world for over six decades. So oh, 60 years. Wow. And they still continue to do that side, but we don't do optical in our practice. So that's one of the big things that oh, a lot of referring okay. doctors, referring optometrists, ophthalmologists mm-hmm. like is that we focus primarily on medical eye care. We do specialty contact lenses and, and general contact lenses, but our main, main foundation at our practice is advanced dry treatments and yeah. specifically more of the modern treatments to address the, 
address the root cause of the problem and not so much more of the Band-Aid work and pharmaceuticals mm -hmm. over the counters. And we do lean into nice. those from time to time for flare-ups for patients who aren't responding or if we want a little bit more compliance at home. But primarily, we're just really doing a, a big, big job of taking care of what we can in the office and what's in our control because compliance yeah. can be tough without home. Yeah, I guess that makes it easier when you're a non-dispensing practice than yeah. the, the the general OD doesn't have, you know, that that issue of the patient continuing care with you. I feel like it's going to be more tough for you really have to define your relationship with the referring OD if you also are a primary care setting. Mm -hmm. Like for Deepon, Deepon has advanced dry eye services, but it is a general optometric clinic with an optical too. And, and really reassuring the referring doctor that, hey, we're not here to steal your patients. You mm -hmm. know? Yeah, yeah, okay. definitely. Just but an extra us, note to reassure yeah, you, we're not here. Just find us through Google, we can't promise that, right? But if yeah, it's yeah. sent over by, by you, then yes, we'll do our best. Um, and the other important thing too, I think is keeping the referring optometrist or ophthalmologist involved in the care. Yeah. That way they know what's happening. So sending reports, whether it's via fax, yeah. or email, text, they appreciate yeah. that and yeah. whether, or phone call. I think the phone call is always nice too. Like what's going on with my patient because inevitably they will go back to their referring doctor for mm -hmm. glasses, contacts, for cataract post-up if it's an MD that's referring them to us and mm -hmm. they want to know what's going on and be involved. And, and so they're not in the dark when they're talking to that patient. Nice. Yeah. That's important to keep the communication lines open mm -hmm. and just be really detailed with that. Looking on the other side of things, so for those ODs who offer advanced dry eye services like Mybography, IPL, RF, mm -hmm. what are the best ways to set up a referral system to inform other ODs and healthcare professionals of the services you are offering? I think just networking, um, finding out who's in your area, going to some of these meetings, your local society meetings, and letting them know, hey, you know, are you are you treating patients for dry eye? How are you treating them for dry eye? What devices do you have? diagnostically and therapeutically. And if they're not embracing some of these newer technologies, that you're there to support them. Or we've had some instances where I'm going to these events and I see one of the patients who comes from my colleague and I let them know, hey, we're, we're taking care of this patient. If there are other patients who are more challenging or clogging up your, your, your schedule, send them our way. And that could be difficulty personality-wise or mm -hmm. patient has a lot of questions or their case is just really challenging. Oftentimes when these patients come in to see us, we're their fourth, fifth doctor if they're finding us on Google and they've lost hope. Yeah. Some of them are depressed, suicidal, mm -hmm. um, and it's really, they're very frustrated. And so they're just so happy to see us and look after us. And they go, how come my other doctor didn't tell me about this? And one mm -hmm. of my main philosophies is patient education and empowerment and never putting down another physician, healthcare provider. That's one of the big things I learned early on when I was in training is to speak up on our colleagues. So karma will come around and bite you. <laughs> yeah. Even if that patient wasn't referred by another optometrist, it might not be a bad idea to send them a report and say, yeah. hey, who is general optometrist? I'm going to send them a report because sometimes they tell me, I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. And I go, no, 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 no. <laughs> Do it in a productive, constructive way. We never want to put anyone down. And in fact, if you don't mind, I'm happy to call them on your behalf or yeah. message know what's going on so because some of these patients come in and they have a lot so we talk about ocular surface disease not just dry eye disease yes mm -hmm. yeah. and the patient they come in and have demodex blepharitis obstructive mgd 
ocular rosacea, nocturnal yeah. lagophthalmus, conjunctival cholesis, like lid wiper epitheliopathy. They might have five or six different diagnoses and we have to address that individually. Yeah. Just like the patient went in to visit their primary care or cardiologist, they may have hypertension, diabetes, mm -hmm. high cholesterol, thyroid disease. Each of those treatments needs an individualized mm -hmm. approach. Same thing. It's not just dry eye. Everyone's treated the same. Yeah. We treat those, each of those patients as a different puzzle and challenge, and we have to customize their treatment plan. So true. And I like what you said where you're, you're never going to put down another OD or another OMD for the treatments that they offer. I've also learned that too, because I do um, binocular vision assessments and I offer vision therapy. So there's always the conversations of some parents who come in and say, well, the other doctor said that my kid should just patch one eye full time, you know, all day, even when they're sleeping or they have like these really thick glasses and, you know, the surgeon said therapy doesn't work and he should only get surgery. So I don't know. I have to hold myself back because even if I don't agree with, you know, a treatment option, another OD or MD is doing, um, yeah, you have to, if you show um, your kindness when you're talking to the patient saying that, well, the other doctor is not wrong. There are just different ways to treat it. And, you know, that was the way it was, you know, a few years back, but now with more research coming out, there's newer ways to do it. And this, 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 you're, the patient sees that too. And then they, they trust you more because they know that you're already a, being a kind person to mm -hmm. someone that even the patient might not like agree with, you know, they might not like that other doctor either, but you're the one being calm, cool, collective and saying, no, no, no. Like everyone's right, but let's just go down this path and let's yeah. different approaches. Let's take this approach. They tried that. Yeah. They, they've approached it from the pharmaceutical perspective or they approached mm -hmm. it from a plugs perspective. Let's yeah. look at it a different way. Yeah. And and they appreciate that. Yeah. And, and the other, the, the other doctor may not have had all these different devices or mm -hmm. tests yeah. specific ways. So that's we've done exactly true. Yeah. Some of these extra tests, just like your primary, primary general practitioner will do certain tests, but I went in today and had a cardio stress test, right? Mm -hmm. So the primary uh, care practitioner isn't going to have a stress test in their office, yeah, right? right? General optometrist may not have tear osmolarity mm -hmm. or an mm -hmm. oculus to check myography and um, things of that sort. So yeah, exactly. Some of these patients spend an hour and a half in our office for their dry consult because we're going deep into yeah. background and symptoms, contributing factors. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's true. The next question I have for you, Dr. Solani, is probably like the gold question that I think all, especially maybe young ODs or new ODs um, have. So for those patients that show up with early or mild dry eye disease with all the different treatment options out there now, do you recommend that we should maybe refer immediately and start those advanced treatment options um, to hit them hard and make sure it gets treated? Or should we monitor still with their home therapy and, you know, the products that we offer in office? So I think it also depends on the patient and how proactive and, and what, how important preventative care is. Mm -hmm. And I think the home remedies are great to a certain extent. It's like having a headache and I take Tylenol once, once in a while. 
Now, if they're taking artificial tears once in a while, they're using a compress once in a while, that could be okay. But if they're noticing that their contact lens discomfort is an issue, their eyes are watering all the time, they're having to use lubricating drops like candy and, and taking them all the time, that's kind of like a Band-Aid. And we need to take, it's like taking Tylenol every day. So that's a good idea to kind of pass them off and see what's going on. And especially mm -hmm. if that general optometrist is trying every single daily contact lens, the patient is not happy in daily total one, Oasis yeah. one, X, night eight, <laughs> et cetera. It's not the contact lens. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the ocular surface at that point. But they always say it. They always blame the contact lens. And I can't yeah. wear it anymore. It's not good. Or, yeah. the, or the other way around, right? They go, yeah, I I'm, I'm comfortable in my contacts. Well, how long can you wear them for? Four hours. Yeah. <laughs> so that's oh, not, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I think digging a little deeper is, so we might think, what we might think is mild or earlier onset. And then we do myography, we go, wow, their glands structurally are, are pretty beat up or damaged, and they might actually fall into the moderate or severe category. And some of these patients actually appreciate, even if their glands have some mild changes, being sent out, doing treatments that are addressing the root cause, which can improve their quality of vision, can improve their contact lens comfort, prevent them from developing styes. So one of the main things that even general optometrists may benefit from is giving a patient a standardized dry questionnaire. Mm -hmm. even at a comprehensive or contact lens evaluation, just to get a gauge of what symptoms are experiencing, um, what they don't like about their glasses or contacts, um, what time of day if they're experiencing dryness is, is worse, morning, afternoon, evening, middle of the night, they might have lag ophthalmos, asking questions like if you're checking their lids and lashes and you're seeing that there's a lot of lid laxity and they may be a little bit wider individual or patient, um, if they have sleep apnea, are they sleeping with a sleep apnea? Mm -hmm machine and is there that upward airflow do they have a fan that's directed towards them that's contributing a lot of issues and sometimes you can it's an easy fix of here's a nighttime therapy option like an ointment or a goggle and that can give them tremendous relief but yeah certainly if there's any level of dryness it, it can't hurt to send them out just to reinforce as well as solidify if they really would benefit from office-based treatments because my patients see that they they go, man, I wish I would have came sooner. Or if I would have came sooner, can I protect these glands that yeah. maybe permanently? Yeah. And that's why I asked that question too, just because uh, when when I've referred patients, eventually after they've tried all the you know products that we have at the clinic, some of them say that and they go, I wish I knew about this you know, a year ago, two years ago. So that's why I was very curious to know if we should just start having those conversations right when we diagnose them with dry eyes to, to say, you know mm -hmm. what, there's some, there's some more advanced options to start with rather than waiting. Um, but your answer was great. It makes a lot of sense. And I mean, we all know it's so much easier to treat patients that have actual dry eye symptoms, but speaking of more difficult kind of patients, how would you educate asymptomatic patients with signs of dry eye during their comprehensive eye exams to seek for their care with an optometrist that specializes in dry eye. Yeah. So similar kind of idea, the sign symptoms, right? So signs precede symptoms and the patient who develops a cavity may not feel the cavity, but we want to take care of that early on. So it doesn't lead to something more serious. It's usually more cost-effective when mm -hmm. we're getting things earlier on rather than later in the journey. And so those patients, we can try to improve their the frequency and severity of their symptoms or even the onset of symptoms if we tune into that early on. But 
I'm hoping that down the road, more and more general optometrists will embrace simple things that can be done like vital dye staining, I think mm -hmm. is an easy and expensive option. Put in some fluorescein, put in some lysamine, although lysamine is on back order at the moment and mm -hmm. hard to find here in the States. Um, so rose bangal can be an alternative. Mm -hmm. Lifting the lid and lifting, pulling to see if there's any kind of demodex or colorettes on the on the mm -hmm. base of the lashes. So some of these patients with demodex go, I don't feel anything. Yeah. But then once we go to treat them or we perform a blefx treatment, they go, wow, this is what I should feel. This is what <laughs> I should be feeling. And so some of these changes happen so gradually over time that it becomes a new norm. Whereas mm -hmm. if it's a sudden onset, the patient goes, oh, I had LASIK and my dry eye happened, or I started Accutane and my dry eye happened, or I started this new other new medication, or I was diagnosed with a certain health condition, or I got COVID and I have. So when it's a sudden, it's an easier diagnosis, but when it's yeah. a gradual over time, it can be missed by the patient and sometimes by the practitioner. So mm -hmm. um, we can spend a little longer with them to see, even at a comprehensive exam, if they're not coming in specifically for a, a dry eye consult and they're seeing my colleague, she might transfer them from a comprehensive visit to a dry eye visit mm. just based off of the conversation they're having or what they fill out on their speed or OSDI questionnaire. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, it's funny you said that because I think the first time I ever experienced what real moisturized eyes feel like is when we started practicing with scleral lenses in <laughs> our lab uh, at ICO optometry <laughs> school. I put We put those scleral lenses on and I started blinking and I was like, but I can't feel my eyelids blinking anymore. Like I feel hydrated. Like this is what it's supposed to be like. And everyone was like, yes. And I'm like, I, <laughs> I feel the friction all day, like on my eyelids, but I just thought that was normal. Yeah. A cool. You tip. should just wear sclerals all day. I know. <laughs> me too. I, I know. I just, I, I'm the worst dry. The doctors are always the worst patients. I am the worst dry eye patient. I don't follow any of the protocols. <laughs> I just deal with the, I, I'm just waiting for the neurotrophic keratitis to come through. <laughs> and, so I don't yeah. feel it anymore. My wife has to push me to, um, to go to my doctor visit. So I hear, right? I get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what I mean. It's hard. It's hard. You have to try to convince yourself before you can, you know, you'll be able to convince your patient. Right. Right. So true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When we're talking about relieving dry eye symptoms, let's just talk about your clinic and all the cool technologies that you offer. Um, so out of all those treatments, like, um, you know, RF, ILUX, IPL, tear care, lipoflow, and probing, have you found that there is specific technology or like a combination of therapies that you've noticed to work really well together in bringing relief to certain types of dry eye issues? We're honored that we have patients that seek us out from out of state or out of town and they're here for a limited time period and we do our best to do what we can locally and then try to pass them off to another, another dry eye specialist in their area. So when they come in, we tell them we properly identify, diagnose and come up with a treatment protocol. They, some of these patients are like, yeah, let's go all in. Let's mm -hmm. do combination therapy. And so from some of our local patients as well as out of town out of state patients, we've noticed that the combination therapy is quite effective if there's multiple things going on. So what I mean mm -hmm. by that is if they have, and I break it up into different categories, if they have anterior blepharitis or even posterior blepharitis, like a capped gland, 
LWE, they might benefit from a micro exfoliation, such as blephexers S. If they have some sort of obstruction where their glands are inspissated, toothpaste-like, their non-invasive tear breakup time or tear breakup time is reduced where they are showing signs of evaporative dry eye, we will certainly lean into the thermal heat expression pulsation devices. If they have more of an MGD rosacea component, inflammatory lid issue, lid vascularization and telentasia, we'll lean into a light therapy option like low-level light or um, foundationally Optilite IPL by Luminous has been a big, big driver in our office and, and given a lot of patient success. We typically see from the literature that it can take three to four visits to see an improvement with things like Optilite, but boy, we've seen some of these patients after just one session, 90% improvement, 75% wow. improvement, which is fantastic. We let them know that's not the norm and not what we expect. And just like if you're on antibiotics for an infection, you want to continue the course, the same thing. You want to continue those four mm -hmm. visits you want to lock in the, the benefits. And once they're out of the rehabilitation phase, we can pivot into a maintenance phase. So scleral lenses may be a great option for some of those patients who aren't responding to these root cause treatments or probing might be a great option down the road if they're not doing so well, if the inflammation is really longstanding and there's fibrosis or scarring inside their glands. So the cool thing is that we can kind of pivot, right? If they have epiphora, dilation irrigation is actually a great, great option, right? Mm -hmm. They either have dry eye, they have a blockage in their nasal lacrimal duct, or they have some sort of allergies. Mm -hmm. And so we want to address each of those things. And when you're talking about the maintenance, maintenance phase, are you just talking like, oh, like continue the home um, therapy treatments or is it more like continuing more of those advanced treatments and how like how long would you wait until you would like once you're done the four treatments how long would you wait to do another four or would you just do one so great question so both we want them okay. continuing their home routine if compliance is difficult at home and we all know how difficult warm compresses are and how time yeah. that is and so that's, <laughs> that's go the easiest yeah. other things like Avanova spray, usually pretty compliant, or foams, wipes, things of that mm -hmm. sort. Omega-3s, not too difficult if they leave the bottle close to their other vitamins they take in the morning with food, and um, lubricating drops, you know, as needed, hopefully. So our goal is to try to get them usually off of like an immunomodulator pharmaceutical, okay. as well as try to minimize their dependency on lubricating drops. So that's kind of what I mentioned to them earlier on. Now, if they have an autoimmune condition like Sjogren's, it may be trickier to get them off of a lubricating drop forever, but um, we want to try to manage their condition as best as possible. Now, when they go from rehabilitation phase to maintenance phase, hopefully they're continuing the home remedies, but the office-based treatments may, we may want to continue with, and depending on the severity of their condition, the more severe patients, we might keep that interval shorter. Mm -hmm. More moderate patients, we might spread that out a bit, and the more mild patients, further out. So, yeah. as an example, after the first four, that severe patient may be seen six to eight weeks out. That moderate patient may be seen three months out, and that mild patient may be seen six months to a year out. Okay. Now, some of these patients, there's no harm if you close the gap or you want to see them more, and they also appreciate some of the aesthetics, which um, we can talk more about too. <laughs> yeah. I know. So that's yeah, the most exciting part. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Speaking of aesthetics, I mean, and even your clinic being located in Beverly Hills, how can we not talk about that? Um, does your clinic incorporate aesthetic services since so many of these like dry eye and aesthetic services overlap? 
Do you yeah. guys do that now? We're planning to? Definitely crossover. At the moment, we don't specifically see patients for aesthetics only. Mm-hmm. We do see them for dry eye, but we highlight the benefits of a positive side effect that may have aesthetic benefits. So the three main ones that we have in the office that have dry benefits are the radio frequency. We're currently using Luminous's option. Mm-hmm. Um, the IPL, the Opulite, which is Luminous's option. And then we have low-level light therapy, which is by another company called MD Elite. They're all great effective solutions for managing dry eye, mm-hmm. but they also have some aesthetics like collagen strengthening, lifting, tightening, helping against sunspots, things of that sort. So we'll customize it depending on what the patient, when we're doing treatments, we will highlight what specific aesthetics they might be getting in addition to that. Mm-hmm. And we've seen some of those benefits. And I'm, as a dry patient, I also appreciate the aesthetics. and Yeah. <laughs> So. <laughs> you got to get ready for that new baby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got to keep it tight. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure other ODs that are offering advanced dry services are always thinking about that in the back of their mind. When do you decide or what factors make you decide whether to bring in then that full aesthetic service? Mm-hmm. What, what would convince you to say, okay, maybe now's the time we should bring in an esthetician and market it for aesthetics as well. Um, yeah, we've had patients who were were in that area, right? The lids, the eyebrows, the temples, and so they asked, "Do you do do you do fillers and Botox and things of this sort?" And I'm always cautious because Botox in the crow's feet area can actually contribute to dryness. Mm-hmm. Like lash extensions can contribute to dryness. So when we're talking about aesthetics, we're not just talking about devices, right? We're also yeah. talking about makeup and things like up naked to to widen their eyes and give them a bigger fissure size and lift that blepharotosis even view the eye drops to help them be free of glasses right so that way they can go out there and look young when they're going to dinner and not feel (laughs) like they have to put on these old reading glasses (laughs) so yeah we we certainly do some of those other things too we do offer those services and to to prescribe them up naked beauty cleaner eyelid um makeup like eyes of the story or there's another one called mm-hmm. 20 beauty and others of course we want to make sure to avoid certain toxic ingredients in their cosmetics even their facial yeah. cleansers that patient tell me yeah i switched a new facial cleanser and i was having a lot of irritation i had a older older patient of ours who mentioned she started using a new nail polish and that caused some sort of eczema like symptoms oh. and she stopped using it and it went away so paying attention to your patients and what new products what new foods they're eating, um, mm-hmm. that can play a big, big role too in helping manage their life. So we're kind of like a functional medicine meets dry eye mm-hmm. aesthetics center. And um, we may lean in further into some of those procedures in office, but I think we're going to wait a little longer on that. You know, if we bring in another, I think a good time for us would be if we, especially if California has some interesting rules, is bringing in an MD mm-hmm. and creating like a dry eye slash med spa. Um, oh okay so that they dry patients keep us busy and we love them and it's really gratifying it's it, it can be very intensive on our on our team but just like vision therapy we we can see some really really great results and and um, patients who are very grateful for restoring hope especially if they've lost it or yeah. gone down the path. I mean some of these patients a loved one brings them in because they can't drive they can't work they have to wear sunglasses indoors some of them are already on a leave of absence because their dryness bothered them so bad. Yeah. I have a patient that we're managing with their psychologist because she really thinks that she's going to be one of these patients 
at she's 28 years old, 28 year old female patient, Caucasian, who's going to have to listen to podcasts and audio tapes and not going to live the rest of her life using her eyes appropriately. And so, yes, if left untreated or mistreated, certainly dryness can lead to a lot of light sensitivity, eye pain, keratitis, scarring, vision fluctuation and blurriness. Um, But our goal is to try to reel them back in and not go down that, that mental place, that bad place. Yeah. 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 And I think that's the best part. Um, you know, yeah, like you said, you can always include aesthetic services or nutritional service. I mean, you could, you could do so much more with the specialty dry eye clinic, but it's Mm. always that fine balance. Like the more, the more, you know, hands you put in other cookie jars, you know, you're just, you're stretching yourself thin and sometimes you dilute the care in all those services. So if you just stick with that, just dry eye specialty area, then you can spend more time counseling your patients and just focusing on the therapies too. So I guess and that's this converse- true. Well, this conversation um, is just, just what you said is so important because referrals, right? What we're talking yeah. about is referrals. So I get to a point, I go, hey, you have allergies. I'm going to send you out to an allergist that we work with closely. We need certain blood tests to make sure you don't have, I had a patient recently, she came in, she looks so healthy. She's in her mid thirties. We had her tested for inflammatory markers, liver enzymes, kidney, the whole gambit, cholesterol, thyroid, and vitamin deficiencies. She came back with alerts on her blood tests. Her liver functions were off the charts. Her cholesterol was off the chart. Her ESR and um, C-reactive protein for inflammation was off the chart. So like, okay, I can only do so much. We got to get you in hands of somebody Mm -hmm. who's going to help a functional medicine specialist who can help me manage some of these things. Cause you know, my specialty is dry, not all the yeah. other. <laughs> yeah. so we got to get somebody yeah. else to be the quarterback for, for all yeah. these other issues we got to manage. So, yeah. and she was so appreciative going back to, I was helpful in getting her a solution. Yeah. Pointing yeah. her in the right direction. So going back to the whole idea of having eye surgeons or general optometrists, I'm referring to to, our, to their colleagues in eye care. Well, yeah. if you ever do bring aesthetic services, I will fly down and I will be <laughs> the guinea pig. I don't mind. <laughs> I only take Starbucks gift cards as rewards. So it's okay. I'll take $5, $10. It's okay. I won't ask for much else. <laughs> One of my favorite things is, is gland expression. That uh-huh. thing oh. is really sad, oddly satisfying. And yeah. <laughs> We were invited onto the doctor show to perform was tear care with with gland express my bone and gland expression. That's and so that cool. moment when the audience was like, "Ew, yeah. <laughs> I did my job <laughs> to represent optometrists nationally and internationally." <laughs> I think that's my favorite part too. When I do the expression, and I'm so excited to show the video to the patient, I'm like, "Okay, are you ready? This is how it looks," and I have like this huge smile on my face, and they're like. Oh my God, you actually like yeah. watching this? I'm like, yes, I love it. Do you love it? Do you love it? And they're like, no, don't ever show me again. I get, like, some, oh. I get some who freak out like that, but I get others yeah. who want to take a video and show their loved ones and yeah. love it. I go, yeah, absolutely. Let me record it for you. Yeah. I feel like it would be very, very difficult to offer dry eye services without an anterior side camera. Like that, mm-hmm. like when we talked about, you know, how do you educate asymptomatic patients? Like that, that Demodex and that rosacea on the lip, that's all you need to show them. Mm -hmm. Even that oily tear film. 
And they'll be like, I- I'm sure once you have the camera, you don't need to convince them otherwise. Yeah. And we touched so on easy. technologies on the therapeutic side. You're yeah. right. We touch on, on technologies on the diagnostic side and yeah. So it can be low tech or high tech. And of course we decided to choose the high tech route and we still do, you know, the traditional conventional things like vital dye staining, but the firefly slit lamp has been so helpful to connect yeah. the dots to patients when you're able to image those different conditions, all the keratitis, show them the before and afters. Even if you have the, the collarettes, the patient has the collarettes and we do a 10 minute, five, 10 minute blephex treatment and we show them immediately afterwards that it's basically gone for today mm-hmm. and it can't come back, but it's gone for today. And foundationally, we got rid of the plaque, the tartar, the biofilm. Now go home and continue your home regimen. That is That goes a long way. And even showing them on the keratograph, we love the full suite of, here, patient, I'm going to show you the tear meniscus height to check for aqueous mm-hmm. sufficiency and the non-invasive tear breakup time to show them what areas of the tear film is evaporating quickly with the software, um, showing them the telantasia, showing them the mybography images and comparisons against normative data or abnormal patients. That's just like a big wow factor and how soon can Mm -hmm. we get started? And I wanna take care of this right away. Cause what we do is so visual and so many patients are visual learners. So to be able to demonstrate that to them and and connect the dots once again is is really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. We got a slit lamp with the anterior side camera on it too for a new private practice. And so even for me, someone who doesn't offer the advanced treatments, having that camera is going to make it so much easier for me to encourage my patients to go to that referral, right? Mm -hmm. Because, and even the Google ones, they just don't do it. I mean, the patients will look at it and go like, okay, but when you can show it's their eye, I think for us ODs who need to refer out, it's also going to be so much easier convincing Mm -hmm. them that just go, go to this specialty OD, you're going to get the best care. Um, so I'm excited to use ours too when we well, open. I love that you're involved in vision therapy because it's something that yeah. we'll see and we don't really do. And so we refer out to our optometry colleagues for vision therapy as well, or neuro yeah. rehabilitation services, neuro optometric rehabilitation services. So yeah. I think it's awesome. I think it's so great that we can all work together and, and refer to each other. And I think that's only going to continue where we were when I was doing this 10 years ago or five years ago and where we are now is so different. Oh, it's so crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Even the referring optometrist, like, Hey, what new products are you recommending to patients? Or can you let me know what you're going to switch them to? So I'm sure that I'm involved in that. And and why are you putting them on these different things? And so, um, yeah, my philosophy, again, patient education, empowerment, but also colleague education, empowerment, Mm -hmm. whether it's Mm -hmm. speaking on a podcast or, you know, on a podium or webinar. Yeah. I'm so curious just to know how you're how you feel um, that perception of like dry eye OD to OD referrals has changed in the last five years or so, because I feel like your journey and almost like Dr. Richard Maharaj's journey are kind of like the same. Like you guys started your specialty clinics, non-dispensing dry eye only like about 10 ish years ago. But I feel like only now in the last few years, dry eye topics have just exploded so how was that referral system like, you know, when you first started out for the first couple of years, like how many people were referring to you? How hard was it to get people to come in? Great question. So early on, I was super excited about the treatments and I brought in those and the conversions weren't really that great. Yeah. 
brought in the diagnostics and able to educate them properly and show them what was happening. And then I think it became an easier conversation, mm -hmm. but we're light years ahead of where we were five years or 10 years mm -hmm. ago. I think just the education of the companies that I that I've consulted with and have been on their medical advisory board, just reminding them, you guys have the deeper pockets. You guys need to help us educate direct to consumer and Luminous yeah. has listened. I've, I've, we've used their technology for six years, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. M22 and the Optilite. And so they brought in Mandy Moore and we got to work with Jenny Garth yeah. and mm -hmm. Ashley Fisdale and, oh, and yeah. these celebrities coming in into the space with the, one of the Jonas Brothers and Evo ICL and Whoopi Goldberg talking about her with cataract surgery and how she's now independent of glasses. We see that with Jennifer Aniston and Ken Jeong with some oh, of the yeah. pharmaceuticals of dry eye. So yeah. I think some of these patients becoming vulnerable and sharing their stories and becoming the face for dry eye has helped to make mm -hmm. it an actual disease and less of a nuisance or inconvenience. And yeah, it's patient with patients too. And I go, there's no shortage of patients for dry eye. There's just a huge shortage of doctors to treat these patients. So that's why yeah. For me, I want to encourage as many doctors as possible to get involved. Just kind of if this topic is something that you're passionate about, I would consider or urge you to enter the advanced eye space. Again, there's a huge shortage of doctors to patients. Um, so just keep in mind that these patients require and deserve a lot of ongoing attention to manage their condition. So there's going to be a lot of ups and downs if you decide to go into this space. But really at the the end game or the ultimate goal is to try to improve their quality of vision and their quality of life and extremely satisfying. Just just really, really something special. And these patients become our raving fans and they refer to their network of, of yeah. patients. And just like when we again, when we send patients in for LASIK surgery, they they tell their friends. And so yeah. uh, you know, it's it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. So whether you're going to refer those patients are going to love you and become loyal to your primary eye care office. And if you're going to get involved and actually treat these patients, they're just going to love you because of the relief that you're able to give them and just the hope and, and give them back their lives. Thank you again, Dr. Solani, for coming on. We're so happy that you're finally a guest on the Four Eyes podcast. Um, we'll leave your information for everyone to reach out to you and your clinic um, if they have any questions. And yeah, just thank you again. Congratulations on your soon-to-be baby. Congratulations on the 10-year anniversary. Wishing mm -hmm. you a good luck for another 10 plus more. And by that time, we will be there for the <laughs> fixing the crow's feet and everything. <laughs> Thank you yes. so much and really appreciate what you guys are doing here and, and um, love the podcast. And you have a fan and, and a follower moving forward from the past, but also moving forward. <laughs> <laughs> So thanks for listening to Four Eyes, the podcast series brought to you by Young OD Connect. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on Instagram or YouTube at Four Eyes Optom for more content. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.